Good afternoon to you all. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon as we celebrate music at Holy Trinity. Um, I hope that you can join us afterwards for a reception in the rectory. Uh, Please give me five or ten minutes to uh, put the dog away, turn on the lights, uh, bring the white wine out of the fridge, those sorts of things. Uh, You'll know I'm ready when the back door is open, which you can reach down this long hallway uh, by the memorial chapel behind the sacristy into the rectory. Or if you want to go outside and get um, a breath of fresh air, then you can go in through the front door. But um, by the sake of your being here, you are a friend of music. There will be an offering later, and so if you want to to donate money to the cause, we will be grateful. Many of you already have, but it's never too late. And I thank you so much for your support before and tonight and in the future. It is the custom in even song for there to be a brief Homily, I do underline brief. And with these readings, and it being the eve of Pentecost, I can't help myself. Some of you have noticed uh, one of the postings we have in uh, the vitrine, the sign that's out on the fence near the rectory. It's a listing of things from Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams, the comedian and actor. At the height of the David Letterman show, when uh, top ten lists were all the rage, Robin Williams, who himself was an Episcopalian, uh, combined, uh, compiled a list of what he thought were the top ten reasons to be an Episcopalian. You can read them all on the fence later. But especially his number six stands out for me tonight. Number six in the top ten reasons to be an Episcopalian says simply, Pew aerobics. Pew aerobics. We sit and we stand and we kneel. We sit and we stand and we kneel. I think of a good Presbyterian who visited an Episcopal church with me once and afterwards. She said that she'd never seen so much up and down in her life. (laughs) There is a lot of up and down. And much of this, at least by its rubrics, the little cursive italics words in the prayer book that direct us to do one thing or the other, uh, much of these pew aerobics are intended to suit our words and our prayers and our intentions. Um, The Book of Common Prayer actually is very careful to suggest certain postures, um, not to control people in worship, um, but because of the deep and, I think, true belief that posture affects uh, the rest of us. What we do with our bodies affects the way we mouth words and what we make in terms of prayer. God's people stand in joy, in full gratitude that God has blessed us to such an extent as to be born into the world as one of us. God himself has become incarnate to honor the material world. Sometimes we kneel when we're sorry. Sometimes when we're sorry for ourselves or sorry for others. Sorry for our country or our leaders Perhaps kneeling is the only way to express some of that. 
We kneel sometimes when we feel small or when we need to ask for God's special care or guidance or direction. Kneeling can be a way of of enacting humility. And then we sit to listen, to be in community, to be one with many others. Sometimes we sit when we're worn out and don't have energy or means or physical ability to do anything else. There's a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down in posture. There's a lot of up and down in our lives, times to celebrate and times to despair. If you think about it, there's a lot of up and down with God as well. Especially as people have tried to think about God, to imagine God, to to do theology There's a lot of up and down. Every religion seems to think of God and divinity at some point as being up. And then the opposite of divinity, whatever name one puts to it, is often something that's down or way down or underground. Our first reading from scripture this afternoon includes this idea in a way that many of us have probably experienced or felt. Moses meets God in the mountains. High up, with a perspective that can see for miles where the air is a little thinner and cleaner. High up on a mountain, one can surely meet God. The church has just celebrated the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on that day and in that season, we've heard stories and prayed prayers and sung music about Christ going up. Going up, just like our ascension window illustrates, as he sort of hovers in midair. In just a minute or two, you'll hear this amazing anthem as our choir sings again about Christ going up. God going up. The anthem quotes Psalm 47. God is gone up with a triumphant shout. But that same anthem continues by reminding us through Psalm 24, lift up your heads, lift up our heads, let the king of glory in. So God's not gone completely up or we wouldn't be able to let God in. In that anthem, as in our worship, as in our lives, as in theology, there's a tension between locating God as higher up, the source of all being, that something that is beyond and above, while at the same time imagining and knowing a God that is grounded, that is rooted, that is is deeply within and around We can remember Jesus saying again and again in the Gospels, don't look for God up there. Don't look for God's kingdom out there, far away. The kingdom of God, which is to say God's fullest presence, is already among you, Jesus says. It's already among you. So look within yourself. Look at your neighbor. Look into the eyes of a stranger. There you will see the realm of God, the presence of God. We gather on the eve of the day of Pentecost, that day in which the early followers of Jesus saw and felt God's Spirit in a radically new way. Pentecost brings many messages with it. And in fact, we have a whole, series, a whole season of Sundays after Pentecost to reflect on what it really means that the Holy Spirit has come in this new way to live among us and within us. But especially on this eve of Pentecost... 
think it's helpful for us to remember something that's really very simple, really very basic. And that is that the Spirit of God comes when called. God comes when called. God's Spirit may not show up exactly like we imagine. We'll, we'll hear tomorrow how those early followers of Jesus were, were blown away by the Spirit's presence as the Spirit showed up in a way no one was looking for. Often that's the way the Spirit shows up in our lives. But God comes when invited, when called, when invoked. The second reading we heard from Scripture comes from St. Peter, who tries to remind his audience and us that we are God's beloved. God has created each one of us not as lifeless rocks to be thrown away or ignored, but as living stones, as spiritual bodies, in God's eyes, useful and capable and precious and beautiful. And so the gifts of the Spirit are ours for the asking. God is ours for the asking. Maybe we ask with words. Maybe we ask with our bodies. Maybe we ask in silence. Maybe we ask with music. Maybe we ask through music. As we conclude Evensong in a few minutes, we'll sing the wonderful old hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine. It's a familiar tune by Ralph Vaughan Williams, but the words are by an Anglican priest named Richard Frederick Littledale. Littledale was deeply affected by the English pre-Raphaelites. Henry Holiday, the maker of our windows, was a kind of second-generation pre-Raphaelites. And Littledale joined many in idealizing much of the medieval church. They, they loved the medieval church, its aesthetics, its piety, its words. Littledale especially loved the words of Bianca de Siena, the 14th century Italian mystic. Mystics know God comes when called often in surprising and startling and disarming ways, but God comes. Bianca da Siena could say, come down, O love divine, because he had known it. He knew that God comes into our hearts when invited. God comes to comfort, to burn away whatever is extra or needs to go or be put aside. God comes to warm our hearts so that a flame of God's love can burn within us and can be offered outward. Though the images of God's being up or down might help us think about our own place in creation, they they might help us gain a new perspective of God. May we always remember that God is neither up nor down. God is neither in nor out, but always and everywhere as close as our breath, if only we ask. Come, Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.